Hi, welcome to Living Ardently. I'm your host, Adrian Garaldi, and today our topic is going to be on loneliness. It's something I know we all have struggled with at some point of our lives, and maybe you're struggling with it right now. Today, we're going to talk about it. Is there any benefits that come from it? I think so. But let's get into it. So an idea I had for the first few podcasts was to just reflect or elaborate on some of the old blog posts that I've written on Living Ardently already and just kind of dive into them a little bit more and reflect on these certain topics. And back in March of 2018, I wrote my second blog post, which was... Uh, I guess my third official one, but what the topic, which was on loneliness, was called I'm Alone and It's Okay. In there, I talked about uh, some struggles I was going through graduating college and going into the real world. And during this time of the year is actually something that's very common for those who are graduating to feel to feel lonely, to feel like they're alone because they're experiencing these new things, um, whether they're going off into the real world or going off into college, most of the time they're experiencing these life-changing experiences by themselves or they feel as if they're by themselves because they're being introduced to a whole new world that they're not familiar with. And so if if that's you, I feel for you. I was there too. And if you're not, um, brace yourself. You may feel those moments at some time during your new life. And so to begin this topic, I kind of thought it would be good to kind of elaborate on just going into the definition of the word of lonely or being lonesome or loneliness, right? So the definition is, according to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, to be lonely is being without company or cut off from others, also defined as not frequented by human beings, sad from being alone, or producing a feeling of bleakness or desolation. Chances are you're familiar with that bleakness or desolation that comes with being lonely. And it's because we are made for communion. We are made to be in community with other people. That's why we desire to be love. And we are designed to love. That's what we are made to do. And when we don't have that opportunity to do that with the ones that we do love, that's where the loneliness starts to kick in and starts to feel makes us feel worse. And whether you're an introvert or an introvert, you're still designed to love and to love others, and to desire to be loved. And so loneliness will still affect you, no matter what. It affects us all. That is why when you leave or graduate or go on to a new job, whatever the case may be, there's that slight sadness that you will feel, whether it's complete, um, utter despair, or just a slight sentimental feeling, that comes from that desire of being with people because you, whether you like the place or not, or whatever you're leaving, 
there's a moment that you saw good in it, right? Um, so during this grad this graduation season, it's June right now. Most graduations are over. College graduation season is usually in May, early May, and high school graduation season is usually late May, early June, and that's the time frame where this is being recorded. So I thought it'd be a good topic to talk about because I had to talk to some of my teens about you know how it's going to be about moving away for college and how it's going to be like the culture change and all that stuff because everything's a lot different when you move away for college. You get the sense of freedom, you feel like you're on top of the world, and then you realize how big this world actually is, and then you feel kind of small. At least that's how I felt. So when I left, I did one year in community college before I left for Ave Maria, and I very I felt very confident in myself and the decision to go to Ave Maria, though I was leaving a lot behind back at home. I felt like this was the the call, the journey that I was being called to by Christ. So I went for it. But man, when I got to Ave Maria, I was, I, don't get me wrong, I was super excited. I was super, super pleased and, and happy with the university. But I was so afraid at first. Very timid, very shy, very uncharacteristic of me, at least I thought. Being in high school, I became very extroverted, and so I identified as that. And when I went to Ave Maria, my first semester, I felt very shy. I felt like I was, when I was in middle school or elementary school, very shy, very timid, never didn't, wasn't confident enough to go engage in conversation, just letting people come to me. Versus when I was in high school, I was going out there talking to people that I didn't know, like they were my best friend or something like that, or I've known them all my life. Not necessarily the healthiest way of making friends, but I just knew myself to be so extroverted that when I couldn't get to that point, I kind of questioned who I was because of it. So I lived in a two-person dorm my first year at Ave, and I had a roommate named Mark. He was awesome. He was from New York, so he was just the most friendly, upstate New York. He was the most friendly guy out there, and he was awesome. He was also busy, and he also had friends there at Ave already, so I didn't see him much. I had to kind of just be on my own for a bit. I bought a PS4 at some point, and I just kind of stayed in my room. I kind of soaked in that loneliness. All my friends were back home. And let me get something clear. I made a lot of friends at Ave, but I couldn't still help but feel alone that first semester. I didn't get really comfortable until I think my uh, my spring semester there. And it was just because I was so afraid and so reserved and kept myself reserved that I didn't, you know, fully engage myself onto the campus. I was just so afraid because I was so far from what was I was used to that I didn't know how to adjust come my graduation and going into the real world now that was a lot different very similar though because I come into the job in youth ministry I move into a city that I didn't know existed prior to my application to sending my application here and 
I am just terrified of moving up to a place where I didn't know anyone. Now, I had a few acquaintances that I knew from here and there, but nobody I could call a good friend, at least in the two-hour radius of where I lived. That was probably the hardest thing. I was going through a lot. I had just spent the entire summer at Ave Maria and then finally moved out. And that was super sad because after graduation, I was still at Ave, so I didn't feel that sadness yet. But when I packed up my summer dorm and I finished my summer job and I was going back home with no job, I was depressed. That was probably the hardest thing. So during my senior year at Ave, I actually also started watching The Office, and I got really into it. That summer, I watched majority of the series, and by the time I was leaving Ave, I was also at the series finale, and man, was I a mess towards the end of that. I was just all up in a, a ball of emotions, just crying because I left Ave, crying because all those friendships are gone now, or not, they're not gone, I mean, but... You know, everyone's going to be moving away. And here I was, crying to the line um, that Andy said, I wish there was a way to know that you were in the good old days before you actually left them. And man, I was just, I was legitimately a mess. I remember crying and listening to his rendition of I Will Remember You over and over again because I found it on SoundCloud. But... It's good to have those moments of when you're lonely to cry. It's good. It helps us to grieve. It helps us to mourn. Um, and it helps us to realize that actually these things aren't over, you know, at the end of it all. And as I recall both of these times of transitions in my life, as hard as they were at first, they evidently led to something very beautiful. During my time at Ave, As I got more and more comfortable, I gained great friends. I joined the household of Arden's Virtues, like I said, and had an amazing three years at that beautiful university in Southwest Florida. Many adventures, many memories, many laughs, many dances. It was great. You know, something very beautiful and something I will never forget. And now, looking at two where the job, the job that I have now as a youth minister, at first it was very bleak. It was very sad. I felt very alone. But slowly but surely, I joined this young adult group that was more than I ever expected it to be, the School of Humanity, if you're listening to this. Shout out to all of you out there. Um, I gained a great group of friends and something more than I, again, ever expected. And a beautiful job with beautiful... Um, parishioners, beautiful teens, beautiful co-workers that just helped me point back to Christ, you know? My teens are amazing. They are a constant reminder of why I'm doing what I'm doing. My job is just something that is a great fulfillment to a call, and I know I need to be here. But in the times of that loneliness, I couldn't see because I was afraid. And I mean, how many times does the, does, the, um, does the Bible say, do not be afraid? 
How many times does St. John Paul II he say, do not be afraid, fear not, all of those things. But it's true. I think a lot of the loneliness that we feel is just because we're afraid. Now, let me not say that being lonely is an easy thing to get over. It's not easy. When you're lonely, you can be tempted by the devil a lot. He can start messing with you, start making you feel inadequate, make you feel like, oh, it's because you don't have these qualities that you don't have the friends that you need. Or if you're single at the same time, you might even feel like, this is why I'm single, because I'm inadequate in some way, shape, or form. And it's not true. But those temptations are so easy to fall into in those times of loneliness. And, and, And the thing that I've learned is in those times of loneliness, like I said in the first podcast, like taking, persevering, and turning it into prayer. Bringing it back to the Lord and being honest with Him is just a way of turning it into a great prayer. I'm like, Lord, I feel lonely. I know you're here with me, but am I struggling? Am I tempted to feel this? I am tempted to feel that. And I know they're not true. Help me believe they're not true. Because right now, it's hard. And I, I, I'm a firm believer and just being honest in your prayer is something that's going to get you and your relationship with Christ so much further, right? Another thing that loneliness does is kind of make you afraid of silence. I remember that was one of the biggest things when I got home from work. There was this utter silence that made me feel sick because I was so used to just coming home to noise. Whenever I came home back from high school, I'd come home to my family, to a loud TV that was always on for whatever reason, and to a sister, my mom, my dad, my grandfather. When I went to college, I had roommates. I had one roommate my first year, and my second and third year, I had um, at least six six or seven roommates at a time. So, needless to say... There was always someone to go home to, always someone to talk to. And for the first time in my life, that wasn't the case. That silence became very loud. It pierced. But I knew that silence was something that should have been seen as sacred, as something that I look forward to. But instead, I filled it with noise. I was on my cell phone social media, video games. I would even FaceTime my family and just every night for no reason. I mean, I would talk to them, tell them about my day. And then after we were done catching up, I just kind of left them on my FaceTime just to hear the noise. We wouldn't say anything. The TV would just be playing in their background and but that for whatever reason that that noise comforted me i was not comfortable with that silence yet and that was the that for me was the biggest part of loneliness that was so hard for me to get over embracing that silence in that blog post i i quote a quote from cs uh not cs lewis from mother teresa that touched my heart when i was going through this moment in my life She says, In the silence 
of the heart, God speaks. If you face God in prayer and silence, God will speak to you. Then you will know that you are nothing. It is only when you realize your nothingness, your emptiness, that God can fill you with himself. Souls of prayer are souls of great silence. Again, it touched me at a time where silence was something I was afraid of. But it taught me to kind of look at that silence, that loneliness, that, and that emptiness as something positive. Because that's, again, what Mother Teresa says. It's the times where Christ, when you realize your nothingness, your emptiness, God can fill you with himself. That quote had made me understand that that loneliness and emptiness that I was feeling was because I I failed to abide in Christ. You know, I did not, I was abiding in the things that he gave me, which, you know, it's good to be grateful for those gifts. But when you rely on them for salvation, for on those people, for your salvation, then you're relying on the wrong things. I needed to be relying on him and on him alone. I needed to abide in him and him alone, and I wasn't. And maybe that's where you are now, too. If you are, I want you to pray with this Mother Teresa quote. You know, in the silence of the heart, God speaks. If you face God in prayer and silence, God will speak to you. Then you will know that you are nothing. It is only when you realize your nothingness, your emptiness, that God can fill you with himself. Souls of prayer are souls of great silence. Again, loneliness isn't something we should fear. It is something that we are going to go through, but it is not something we should be afraid of. Easier said than done, I'm sure, I know. But, but... If you turn this into prayer, if you abide in Christ, you can realize the things that you're trying to rely on might not be Him. When you cry, Christ cries with you. When you feel sorrow, He feels sorrow with you. But know that you don't have to be sorrowful all the time. We are called to be people of joy, the people of resurrection. Let us be that. And silence doesn't negate that. I think it amplifies that. Because then in those silent moments, you're able to be filled with Him and become more joyful. Silence is okay. You don't have to be afraid of it. But turn it into your prayer. God has not left you. That's another thing. He's always there. But just don't try to replace him with things of this world, like video games, social media, or other people. Other people are great. We are made for communion. But don't replace him. Don't replace Christ. And last and important thing that you need to take away is that being weak is okay sometimes. We have to admit that without God, we are nothing. We gotta humble ourselves. Like I said, we are nothing. But if we don't ever understand that, we'll never grow. You will never grow. 
2 Corinthians 12.9 says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So yeah, boast in your weakness. Again, when you're weak, he, he makes you strong. In those lonely moments, in the times where you feel that you're most empty, turn to him and he will fill you up with himself. Again, I can't promise that this is going to solve all of your loneliness, but it will aid. And I'm praying for you. Whatever journey you're on right now, if you're feeling lonely, if you're feeling as if there's nobody there for you, know that there are many people there for you. I'm here for you. Christ is here for you. Don't let this emptiness that you feel, this loneliness that you feel, take away from your relationship with Christ. I think that's all I got. I'll be praying for all of you. Like I said, keep praying for me. If you'd like to follow me on social media, you can follow me at It's Only Adrian. Again, if you want to spell my name, just look at the podcast cover. It's on there. But It's Only Adrian. A-D-R-I-E-N-N-E. I also made an Instagram account for Living Ardently. So if you want to follow that, you just go at Living Ardently on Instagram and follow us. There, I'll put some behind-the-scenes stuff. I'm kind of deciding some quotes and stuff like that that I get from the podcast, some snippets of the future ones and stuff like that. But that's how it's going to go. So go follow those accounts. Follow me. Follow Living Ardently. If you're not familiar with the blog post, go follow the blog. at um, It's livingardently.wordpress.com. Go check it out. If you go to our blog site and read some of our blogs, some of the ones that I've written, I have a friend, Jessica, who writes for us too. But if you read some of the blog posts that I've written, you might get an understanding of what the next few podcast episodes will be on. Like I said, I'm using these as a springboard to podcast to kind of get it on the ground running and see how I like it and go from there. Now, again, this is a whole big experimental project, so bear with me. Again, if I went on a tangent, went all the way which ways, I apologize. I'm just, I'm getting the hang of it, but thank you for listening and I appreciate your support. And until next time, keep living ardently. See you next time.